You just find a way to kill people. Yeah. Well, so when I, when I, when I mentioned the big news, I didn't, I, I, I meant your Krabaga class, but I also meant, uh, that UFC 249 is happening in Florida. Uh, which of course is happening in Florida. Florida, the home of Florida. the home of the, the the face fighter Casey Anthony, George Zimmerman. Uh, House oh, Broward is- County is where all the bad, the all the bizarro shit goes down. Broward County, yeah. Well, Broward County is just Broward County. Like the crazy, insane shit in Miami Dade is is all the fucking. But me, uh, me, me and Sam, me and you did a show in Tampa, and there were all these strip, empty strip clubs during the day. We went to like ten of them. And we walk into one, and within five minutes, you're on the pole doing tricks. Oh, dude. Like, that's. The- I love Tampa. I like. I like Vegas. Vegas is like blue collar LA, and Tampa is like scumbag Vegas. So it's like it just keeps <laughs> getting weirder, and that's what I love because you know everything in Vegas comes with a, a dollar sign. People in Tampa, they do scumbag shit for the love of the game, and that's why I just like going there. It's just fun, weird people. And like my friends, like, hey, dude, you can move here for like twenty bucks. You can put down on a house and get a house here. I'm like, man, why am I living in the valley right now? No, absolutely. Uh, so yeah, so we went to ta- so it's taking place in Florida. You know what? I mean, I-, I say just go for it. If the fighters are into it, I mean, let's. It's going to be empty. I say that's for everything. Let people go. Uh, you know, it's like let's go out on our shield, dude. It's like we're everybody's doing anything, everything, anyways. Like, all we're doing is not working. Everybody, dude, in L.A., we walk around. These chicks, they got, like, they got like masks on their face, on their hands, but they're walking around in a thong. Like, it's like, I don't, I've never seen a, an epidemic where chicks are, like, you know, walking around half naked. It's, like, the weirdest, like, human crisis I've ever seen in my life. It's, like, it's getting, it's the end of days, but I still want to give boners to people. <laughs> but but you, you have a problem with that or no? But it just doesn't make any sense, dude. It's like, let people work. Let us go buy a hazmat suit. Whatever. Let people work, dude. Yeah. I mean, and people are going to realize, oh, man, it wasn't that bad when it, during an epidemic where I didn't have to go to my shit job. But yeah. let people fucking work. I agree. So, I mean, you know, a lot of these fighters are not great with money. They fight twice a year. They're making $20,000 a fight or something. They got to pay everybody out. So they're coming home with seven grand. They want to fight. They train their whole lives for it. They want to do it, you know? So Dana says that they're going to have three events in one week. Um, that's what they're talking about. Three events. In- <laughs> I love it, dude. I love, I mean, like, listen, dude, the UFC used to be the outlaws, yeah. you know? This is what they did. That what made it so great was like, like it was like old school comedy and where like every art starts out by outlaws who can't do anything else. So they have to do this. It's either that or go to prison. Right. Right. But like, like Adam, what were you going to do if you didn't do stand up? It's like, we can't do anything else. True. Like when this shit, the fan, I was like, what job am I going to do? Like, dude, I I'm stuck in with my girl and my two girls. And I have to not go in heckle kill mode every time she sniffs at me. I got to remember, like, I have to live with this woman and not to, like, scorch the earth. So where can I go with that? So it's like, that's, I miss the old UFC. So it's like, let them play. Let them fight. This is what they do. I agree. Don't you feel as a comic, though, like, comedies are therapy and we need to get it out and vent. And now we're just, like, our our powers are taking away in a lot of, like, I, I don't get the 
have nights where I get to feel good, no matter how bad my day goes. I make someone laugh at night or two people laugh or hundred people laugh. People are crying. I'm like, oh, I'm doing something well with my life. I'm, I, can, I, can, I can sleep now. I can't sleep anymore because I, I feel completely unfulfilled. Do you have that issue? Yeah, I mean, that's why I've been just going so hard on podcast. I mean, I've been podcasting so much to fill that itch. And, you know, I mean, like, I'm also like, I'm 25 years in the comedy, dude. I've been living like a college kid since I was 18 years old, man. And I'm 47 <laughs> right now. I need to do something different. So, you know, having kids has been a great thing. And so I'm ready to shift in to like, everyone's like, what are you going to do? An hour of kids material? Maybe, dude. I mean, like, how many cocaine and bad decision bits do I have to do before I can do like 45 on kids? Like, give me a moment, you know? Well, aren't they related? Like, because this kid wasn't planned, yeah. right? That's why the kid's there. Were, were, were these kids planned? I met their mother at Skank Fest. Like, I mean, like. No, you did not. <laughs> yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. I, did. I have a whole bit so, on it. Okay, so the kid, because I, I knew that, awesome. I, I, I knew that you got uh, their mother pregnant, but I didn't want to say anything to you because I didn't, you didn't tell me, but I kind of knew it because that word got out, and then you found out you were having twins. Oh, yeah. What to talk about your life? Uh, it is like working at a restaurant and it's the lunch rush and you're in the weeds constantly. It's like, it is just, they don't work together. They don't understand schedules and they just, they just run you, dude. They just run you. And you're like, I'm the dad. And dude, Adam, you got, you're a kid. You, you know, you just had a kid. Like think about what your dad used to do with you. He go to work, come home, have a beer, smack you and go to bed. That was like interaction. Now yeah. it's like, I, 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 dude, I'm nonstop handling these kids, dude. No, but when you like, I love them. Too. I love them. When you found out you were having twins, what, what were you just like, oh, great? Or were you just, what, I'm just like, you know, you know, it's so I funny did. when, when, uh, when, when I read to the kids, I read them to these spiritual books. I've been reading them some Hindu stuff and the mom will be in the be- in the, in the other room and yelling, there is no God. Right. And then, uh, <laughs> which is weird because I said that same thing when she told me we were having twins. So we are kind of met for each other. <laughs> but that's no, my I life, dude. That. It's never the easy road. You need it's it. It's always fire, but I wouldn't have it any other way. No, man, listen, uh, having a kid was the now best. I have two people to wipe my ass when I'm old, so I'm when good I, with it. When I was <laughs> having, a, having a wife and kid was the best thing that ever happened to me, man. Like, and it, it definitely drives you like nothing else. Because, you know, as comics, we could get by, sort of just figure out a way to get by. But when you have other people that depend on you, oof. You can't just get. I, yeah, I that's the issue that I've been running into in my coming into my uh, adult adult stages of life into my thirties. Is like I I can take care of myself one hundred percent, no problem. All all I need is a cardboard box, but the girlfriend yeah. is not yeah. having that. You know, so it's like you become you have to become another person. Yeah, like, I just wait till I have kids. Anymore. When you have kids, like everything's a thousand dollars. Like there's, you know, you're the smallest thing. You're like, how much for these sneakers? A thousand dollars. They're like, it's going to last two weeks. These things are growing so quickly. They're like a virus. They just keep growing. I was going to tell you that like, there's a thing called the snoo. It's a, it's a bed that straps the kid at night and rocks her to bed. It's, it was the best thing that ever happened because our our kid would not sleep, but you have the $1,200. You have two kids. That's, a, that's kind of an investment for you. Well, dude, I mean, I, I'm walking around with this mask. I might as well go start robbing some places. <laughs> now, now, Sam, I know I've seen – I mean, listen, what I like about you, Sam, and, and 
I, you know, when I think about, cause I think about people who have not had it easy in their career, um, and just kept moving forward. And you're the first person that comes to my mind because I don't know if, if you're open about some of your failures, but you, you've had so many fucking doors closed on you. So many like blue balls of things of between the, this festival and this tour and that, and you just keep going and going and going. And, uh, it's really, I'm really proud of you, man, because you, you, you did not take no for an answer. Well, I learned very early. I wasn't one of the cool kids a long time ago. And, you know, that even started from comedy. When I started stand up, there was no comedy scene in, in Vegas. There was one open mic in the entire city every other day, every other week in the entire city. So I had to create that myself. Yeah. yeah. Now you look at Vegas or what was Vegas? Who knows what happens to that city? Uh, after this thing's done, but you know, now the scene is great. It wasn't like that when I started. So I always had to create my own and, you know, and it's just, I've never been like, dude, my manager would just take meetings with people and they would be like, Oh, I love, I like, yeah, but I hate this guy, Sam Tripoli. And I don't even know who they, I couldn't pick them out of a police lineup to save my life. And these people like have a heart on for me. And I'm like, who are they? What did I do? And it's just, it's just everything though. Everything becomes a learning lesson for when you do get your shot. See, because I believe everybody will get a shot. What shot it is, who knows? But shit, like, dude, everybody has a moment where ev- the, the house is on fire. When is that moment in your career? I don't know. It's early or it's late. And sometimes when it happens late, man, people don't know how to handle it because they were just handed shit forever. I never got anything, Adam. You're like that. You've just been grinding forever, and you always found a way. You got on uh, The Tonight Show, dude. I mean, like, that's amazing, man. So, But you've always found a way because the the failure early, man, numbs you to the failure. So there's no, oh, I failed, woe is me. It's like, okay, on to the next one. But when you've always gotten everything and then failure comes, it is – traumatizing because you don't know you've never had to do it so now the blessing is i don't celebrate the wins too much and i don't you know wallow in the agony too much of the losses it's just on to the next one and i created this pirate ship that you know i just rip people on twitter that aren't used to getting ripped and they don't know what to do they're like well i can't get him fired from everything anything because whatever he does is his own shit they can't do anything. So it's like, it's like I have this fucking pirate ship and occasionally I like to raid people and I love it. I love it. Some of the things are so funny. Like when you have to apologize for Paris Hilton to her face for calling her a cum dumpster. Yeah. With her, well, I had, no, I had to apologize to her sister. <laughs> so I had this great bit, you know, I had this great bit and it's funny. And she was like, nah. And that, that, that was the end of it, you know. <laughs> Hey, I'm sorry I did your joke about your girlfriend, your sister being a whore. I'm really sorry about that. I should have, nah. And then, that was the, I was like, what are, what are we doing here? And then I saw you recently on, on your podcast. I saw like a But clip. by the way, she got me back later. She buried me. Uh, dude, there's a, a very famous time in my life where I was, had to, uh, Beecher asked me to do the show. Because uh, he was going to be there, and right before I go on, you know, they want Paris Hilton to go on, and this was at the height of her power. And like, oh. okay, we're going to get the comedy, but real quick, we want to introduce a friend. Please welcome Paris Hilton. And dude, you would think Nelson Mandela just walked out of prison the way the fucking crowd went nuts. 
like she had been doing hard time for fighting a, a fucking, a, you know, oppression. And dude, they went nuts, and she, they're like, she's like, how great is Beecher? <laughs> this show is great, isn't it? <laughs> wow. Okay. Then they're like, welcome Sam Tripoli. And I walk out and dude, it was, had you, did you ever do Beecher the Hard Rock? No, no, Beecher hated me. It was so loud. You could feel sound. That's how loud it was. You could, t- you could touch the sound. And, uh, you know, Bill Burr had, it was a famous Bill Burr bomb like three weeks before that. Yeah. And somebody told me one time, if you want to get the crowd, just start cheerleading the girls. And man, I start getting booed and I'm like, oh my God, they're booing me. I'm bombing in front of the, the E channel people. So I just started cheerleading all the, how hot are the chicks? Yeah, ladies. And I had this whole bit about, uh, a bit about, uh, separating the hot chick from the herd yeah, and yeah, yeah. how there's always that one chick I called the goalie and her yeah. job was to make sure nobody scores, right? Man, the dude. cock blocker. Right. And, uh, then you had the one guy whose job it was to fuck the, the fucking goalie, right? Yeah. The guy who would fuck anything. I called him the monster. And yeah. it turned out that I was the monster of my group. It was a whole bit. So I did that bit and I, I got, I walked off to a standing O and the DJ at the time came out. He's like, dude, I've never seen that before. Usually when the booze start, it's fucking over. I'm like, Oh, thank God. You know, well, <laughs> I mean, you had so many funny bits. And then the, one of my favorite bits you did, which was true, was when you took home that hot chick, took home like three hot girls to your place in LA and then they robbed and they you. They robbed me. <laughs> they took your PlayStation. <laughs> yeah, they fucking stole PlayStation. They stole Xbox games, cash, CDs. And I'm like, dude, and what sucks is if they would have just fooled around with me, I would just gave them all that shit, you know? A little thank you package. <laughs> but he's, memories, dude. You're like, I can't get laid. All of a sudden, I'm the Pied Piper of pussy. In, in Hollywood. <laughs> yeah, dude. Oh, dude, but one of my favorite Sam Tripoli stories was when, cause I used to, I used to have a list of like the worst gigs ever that I did every, every week, you know? And one time I got you a gig in Long Beach at like some like Bloods and Crips bar. And then I, I text you and I go, how'd it go? Right. What and was then, the name of that bar, Adam? It was something like. Oh, Liquid Zoo. The Liquid. The Liquid, the liquid Zoo. Liquid, liquid, Adam, liquid. let me tell you something. I've done so many health gigs in my life because I'm such like, I, Love stand up so much. I'll go into these impossible missions, you know, where it's just like <laughs> nobody comes out alive. I'm like, give it to me. I need this. I love it. For me to say that was the worst gig I've ever played in my life. Do you know how hard that's like, dude, like being in prison? You're like, this rape was worse than the rest of them. That's how bad it is, right? <laughs> dude, that really got one. me. And Dude, let me was, tell you, I was laughing so bad so at hard. I was laughing because I was in acting class and some girl's doing a scene where like she just got raped and like someone died and everyone's crying. Hilarious. I'm crying and I'm looking down at my phone and then in all caps, lose my number. And I just burst out laughing and everyone, I'm the asshole in acting class who just laughed at some fucking chick who was getting raped. So what happened, Adam, was that the day before I just gotten a, a wristband to Michael Jackson's memorial at the Staples Center. Yeah. So I had this wristband to go see, you know, Chocolate Jesus's goodbye, right? Right. And I walk into the most hood bar I've ever been into, and I'm like, where the fuck is security? Oh, they're in the back rolling joints for everybody. Right? Hell yeah. Like, these are the guys that, like, got too high and forgot to protect Biggie, and he got shot up in fucking, on Wilshire, right? <laughs> 
So I literally watch every bad ethnic comedy comic goes up, and they all do their version of how their group eats pussy. I kid you not. I'm like, man, Mexicans eat pussy like this. And then a black comic go up and be like, but blacks eat pussy like this. I'm like, now I know you're lying, right? <laughs> so, so I'm like, dude, this is the worst gig I've ever played in my life. He's like, it's not that bad. It's like, oh, man. He goes, what's that on your wrist? I go, Dude, that's uh, I have a uh, I have a ticket to Michael Jackson's memorial. He goes, dude, if anybody knows you have that here, they will stab you and steal that from you. <laughs> yeah, straight up, <laughs> dude. So Don't then, so then, there was a, I, I did the gig. There was a guy walking around with like a, a, a boa, some a snake guy. There were people selling drugs in the show. But the week yeah. after, the week after, I got you a gig, and this is my favorite San Tripoli story. I got this gig at like Seal Beach at Hennessy's. And oh yeah, outstanding. So you're on. So you tell the big like. So say all right. It ends up. I actually had dude. Uh, I actually did a. I actually that bit. I think no, it did make my specials on one of my older albums. I tell the story of um, the greatest like how I got. It was actually Angelo Bowers. God rest his soul. Was his first road gig, <laughs> and I t- took him there. And I was just watching, and, like, I like to watch the room. And this drunk chick came in with her friend, this smoking hot chick, like an L.A. 10. And she'd just broken up with her girlfriend, which means she was a lipstick lesbian, right? Like, not a real lesbian, just mad at dick for a moment, right? So she starts dating chicks until she realizes she hates changing her own tire and paying for her own shit, right? So uh, I just watch her – I just watch her – heckle my friend i'm like if this chick heckles me i'm gonna fucking light her up so i start doing stand-up right and uh, she starts heckling me and i just start lighting this chick up and she starts coming up to me like she's gonna show me like her ass and i go dude hey don't don't let your ass write a check you can't cash she goes you don't think i do i go i know you won't do it i have no clue what she's talking about she's like i won't do i go you won't do shit she goes lay down i go what she goes i'm gonna sit on your face this is a true story so this smoke show pulls off her pants, sits on my, the, I mean, dude, I mean, it is my Muhammad Ali rope adult moment, right? I like, I, at one moment on planet earth, I'm the greatest comic ever. You know, Dave Chappelle can kiss my dick at this moment. Uh, Cat Williams got nothing. At that moment, Sam Tripoli was king of comedy. Okay. I get off. Everybody's going nuts. I don't know where this Mexican midget lesbian jumps on stage and she starts fucking swinging on me. Her gay friend comes up, starts punching me in the face. I have a microphone. I won't give up the microphone. So I'm doing play by play on me doing my own stand up, me getting in a fucking fight. So I was like, I was like John Jones and Joe Rogan all at the same moment in a <laughs> UFC fuck fight. Well, wasn't the crowd yelling, eat her ass too, eat her ass, eat her ass. Yeah, but as I was doing it, and like an idiot, I told him not to film me. If I would have filmed that, I would have been fucking huge. Dude, you would have been eating Jim Jeffries. That but, guy got punched in the face, and look how big he is. But you weren't worried about McDonald's of dark random, comedy, dude. You weren't worried about maybe eating some random girl's ass that you don't even know in the middle of a comedy. I would have been huge, dude. Dude, why do you think I don't get the coronavirus? Because I've been eating <laughs> ass since eat 1985. Bro. So like, so the next week, I, I do the next week. They had a staff meeting where they told the employees to not let the comedians eat people's asses on stage. Like, Listen, like, dude, there was a day at the San Francisco Zoo where somehow a tiger ate somebody, right? 
The next day was the busiest day in that zoo's life, okay? Ever. Guess yeah. what they did? They just shut down the zoo because they made it so nobody will ever get eaten again, okay? Right. If they knew there was a possibility every Wednesday in Dana Point, someone's getting their ass eaten at a comedy show, that place would be sold out. I, it's true. That's that's true. 100%. That 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 is true. That's true. Uh, I'm just trying to save businesses. Me, me, so me and Sam Tyler, we went on this vivid video comedy tour, which lasted one city. The best, dude. Lasted it was one the city. Best. One city. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was me, Sam, Sunny Leone, who's now like the biggest star in India, She's and like Monique, a Bollywood star, and Monique Alexander, and uh, and Greg Wilson, the porn star. Yeah, and then Gre- and then Greg Wilson, right? And oh, the Greg Wilson. Yeah, it started off each of us doing like twenty minutes, right? That was the beginning. It ended up with each of us doing four minutes of comedy, and then bringing crowd members on stage to like deep throat of a dance competition sexy dance spraying them in the face with like cool whip while they fake orgasm it was oh just- dude we would be ran out of comedy today if okay. we did that we would be ran we you would be like, I mean, that opening like, it's like for- a like a raunchier man show like, like louis ck wouldn't live. even talk to us that's how scumbag we'd be right now the crowd was 90 percent fucking guys that were there to see the porn stars and instead yeah. they see sam and greg and their and me in our underwear running walking around stage like taking people's girlfriends on stage yeah, and, yeah. And them with cool whip and but then oh some girl God. went up there and her boyfriend beat her up in the parking lot oh dude i think they murdered i think he mur- murdered her but was, you know what was, man it was yeah she it had was, a bad night on stage dude what can you do so that was the end of our tour. Yeah, uh, hey man, you know what, dude? So funny is like after you know, so those guys stopped doing that show, and after six months, you know, I'm like, man, that that was my crowd. I should do a show. So I did the naughty show, right? And you know, it should have been on TV, but because you know, I'm just I, the dude. The the reindeer won't let Rudolph play in the reindeer games, right? And so it's like I. I could never get that going. But if you look at like, and like, I'm not saying I changed the game, but it's like the reason the I show doesn't go right now is because they're dirty comedy everywhere. It kind of had its thing. You know, it's like we created a place where you could do some raunchy comedy without people going weird, you know, put porn stars on there. So people who don't like porn probably don't like my joke. So, and it just was huge. Well, man. They, they, it was they such did, a like, good time. What they did is, and no disrespect to Nikki Glazier, but they took your show and then gave it to Nikki Glazier, who's just not, that's not her thing. Like you could, like you were friends with everybody in, in the porn business and the comedy business. So it, it works. Whereas like, Nikki Glazier is like, a hustler. My only problem with this like filthy, dirty, like women comedy that's going on right now, like right now we're in the golden era of chicks tweeting about coming. Have you noticed <laughs> that? Like, Every chick on Twitter can't stop tweeting about coming right now. I'm like, what happened to not being sex objects? Like two weeks before Corona, you're like, I'm not a sex object. Respect me. Two weeks after Corona, it's like, follow me on fans only where I do ventriloquism with my pussy. Okay. It's like, it's like the fight. It's like the weirdest thing. Honey, bro. But I don't care. Like, dude, I don't care. But the truth is like, it's just you're not doing any of the things you're talking about. That's my only problem. Like yeah. everything I talked about on stage is real. <laughs> I, I, I think that you'd actually be worse off stage. I remember in Tampa, I didn't see you for four days. Yeah, uh, dude, I don't, I don't, I don't know what the fuck. Shit, dude. I don't know what the fuck. Eighty Tampa, bro. 
teeth. <laughs> but that you know, it was fun to But we went to Singapore and uh, we went to, to we did a military tour. We went to Singapore and Diego Garcia. Yeah. And uh, we did shows for the military. For the, for the USO tour? Yeah. And we get to Diego Garcia and it's, it's, it's me, him, my friend Aaron, and I think Tarun went there. And they tell us, uh, hey, yesterday somebody got eaten by a shark. <laughs> like, uh, and then they're like, Can't hey, do any shark jokes. They're like, hey, do you guys want to go? You guys want to go swimming in the ocean? <laughs> and you remember when we caught a fish? We all felt bad. We're like, put it back. Yeah, we yeah we caught up. No, we caught like a bird or something, and then fucking gave it back. Or it was just, yeah, yeah we, put it back, dude. I just yeah. Diego Garcia is such a weird thing because I don't know how they found. It's in literally an island in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. That's what, that's yeah, and everybody's like drag Filipino cover bands. It's just right everywhere you go. Yeah, I'm, I'm okay. Tommy Oligato, Mister Arobato, Dama Dama. Uh, dude, we had, you actually got me my first job uh, doing warm up for the Playboy Channel, uh, which like for night calls and for you were like I remember we went. I to love the- that show. I used to love that show. That show, that channel should have been what like entourage the show wannabe it should have just been a cool channel for some reason when tv does shows for uh like men it's like knuckle dragger dumb shit it's like yeah. watch it's us good. go mudding duh you know like every show's that it's and guns why can't we just like hey watch us hang out with these chicks who are way hotter than us and do a cool fucking show playboy right like i went and pitched it to this chick i forget who the who the creative person was for Playboy. But I'm like, it's basically a show where it's like, we have strippers and porn stars. She's like, you just named everything I hate. I go, you work for Playboy. What are you talking about? I hate the the Lifetime channel, bitch. I hate him. Uh, Man, there are so many issues. There are so many times like that where I would get the job or I get a a thing where I'm like, it's so obvious what's right. I mean, we've seen it so many times where like, they're casting for a show and someone will murder and then they'll be, have some alternative comic play the ukulele and no one laughs and they go, well, that's our guy. And we're just like, but what about the guy who everyone liked? And they're like, Oh, well it's like people, I think a lot of times executives, are, they want to listen like to yeah, yeah, Most of these execs, bro, are the shittiest comics on the fucking planet. I can't even tell you. There's this one guy that's been working at this one channel forever and he just ate, bags of dicks constantly and then he just became the guy who decided and you know what he liked shit comedy yeah. because that's that's who he you know so they want to like it's like there's a comedy club out here that opened up in the valley and it's not the haha but it's another one that was started by a horribly bad clean comic yeah and they wanted their club to be clean yeah. and it ruined their club their club should have been a, an a-list club but right. because they're like, I want everything to be like, I, I, so I was good. It's like, no, you should do what's best. And that's no, why a, the industry so right did. They wouldn't put me back in Canada. They said I was too dirty. And they're like, well, we, you know, we, we tried our club on being crystal clean. And right now we're just trying to stay in business. I'm like, do you understand why you're not staying in business? Two separate things. Yeah. <laughs> Those things go hand in hand. Cannot yeah. be Comedy is the only thing that goes away from the train wreck mentality of promotion. Like everything else is like crash big and everyone will come and stare. When you see a car crash, don't you slow down the stare? That's what people want. People, business owners mistake people leaving, a, a, a getting angry at a joke for not 
enjoying it. Dude, people love getting pissed off. They want an emotion. Their lights are shit. Their lives are shit. They want to feel something. Now, Sam, uh, before we talk to Lauren, I'm so happy Lauren's here. Um, you, uh, <laughs> I, I, I saw one of your clips recently. You went off on Chelsea Handler uh, and said that she was like, she should make racist monkey jokes about Lonnie Love back in the day. You just tore into her how much of a hypocrite she was. Are you worried at all about any kind of blowback from some of these people? You're going What's she going to do, dude? What's she going to do? Not let me talk about lizard people? Is that what she's going to do? Like, <laughs> She's going to cancel the tinfoil hat show? Listen, dude, I got it on very, very good authority from, from, some, from some very trustworthy people that were all telling me together that she would do hold-up pictures of uh, animals and say they were Lonnie Love's family. And that's just a fact. And, you know, it's like, and listen, dude, I used to do a ton of blow, bro, and had a bad sex addiction, okay? Chelsea and I should have been good friends. Like, you know, we both work in that wheelhouse. But we weren't because she, you know, it's like, dude, you, you got a cheat code. I don't hate you for that. Stop lecturing us on morality. Lecture us when we say, hey, fuck your married boss for a TV show. Then I want to hear that. Okay. Outside of that, just enjoy your money. You broke. You you found a glitch in the matrix. Yeah. Enjoy. It. You did it. You did it. So you're not worried about like Judd Apatow being like, oh, I'm casting uh, any of his friends going after you for going after him. Dude, all my friends would. Dude, who's he gonna go after? Joey Diaz? Well, Joe Rogan? No, I'm saying going after you. Not, I'm, I'm, I, I like say they want to put you in something. What is he gonna do? What, well, what, what is I mean, you're a good act, you're a good actor, you're a good host, you're a good producer. I'm a sh- dude. I am the shittiest actor in the fucking world, dude. I have two emotions, okay? I have I'm Armenian and Ita- I'm I have horny and angry. So that's it. That's my range. And if you want like a a, a creepy Uber driver, then hire me. But that's it. I mean, I can't act to save my fucking life. Well, speaking so of horny, horny, horny and angry. Laura Murphy, uh, how are you? Uh, what's going on? I'm good. I'm good. I'm not angry today. Okay, so you're here with uh, Sam Tripoli, one of the best comics in the world. Uh, hey. Um, hey, Lauren, well. I just want to say I watched your last fight, and I was so happy for you and your emotions. It was so awesome to watch, and, like, just congratulations, man. Like, I, I you know, sometimes I watch The Ultimate Fighter, and I just, like, I wish everybody could win. Because I just, as an artist, I know like how much it, how much you put into like your art. Yeah, and it's just yeah. such a insane business. So to see you win was really cool to see. So congrats. Thank you. Yeah, we worked really hard for that one. So it was pretty good feeling. Thanks, I, I appreciate it. that. And you also got Tyler Smith. Tyler's my co-host. We coach wrestling together. He's a um, a, a marine uh, as well as, as well as a huge pothead and a fellow conspiracy theorist. As long as with uh, Sam. You sound like the most interesting person in the world, Tyler. <laughs> I'm interesting, not the most. But I'm <laughs> Lauren, how how are you dealing with the coronavirus? Are you still training? Are you are you working out? What's going on? Yeah, I actually sparred this morning. Uh, yeah, it's been really good. I've been able to heal up some old like nagging injuries. Um, actually, I'm glad you brought up that fight, Sam. Um, I just got back from physical therapy. I actually have not told anybody this. You guys are the first people to know. Um, but ooh, no, before my last fight, about a week before fight week, I blew my back out. And so I didn't do anything for, um, the week before fight week. And then the week of fight week, I just, I rested and rested and just tried to get my back better. 
And then we went out and fought. And luckily, uh, I didn't really feel it in the fight or anything like that. Like, you just have so much adrenaline. And then with coronavirus happening, the lockdown, we've been super blessed. So, like, be able to heal up all those injuries and uh, um, be able to do some PT and stuff like that. So, I just got back from – I went sparred this morning, had really great sparring rounds. I went to physical therapy, and now I get to take the rest of the day off. So now, it, it was a close fight. Did, did you think Andrea was going to be that tough? Yeah. Yeah. I knew she was going to be that tough for sure. Like I've seen her fight for since she was in Invicta and I, I know how tough she is. So we went into that fight and I, I had worked so hard and I was like, a I really wanted to finish her. I really wanted to get a good finish in that fight. And my coaches had me really well prepared and I felt super confident. And I think about that now and I'm like, oh my God, what if we were like 1% less prepared? Like, what if I was just, like, 1% less confident or even just a little bit less, had been just a little bit lazier in my camp? She probably would have smoked me. I know how tough Andrea is. So. It was a close fight. I, th I thought you won, but it was really close. But I saw after the fight, you were fighting with trolls online. And I, yeah. and I hit you up, and I was like, stop fighting with trolls. <laughs> but I, and I do the same thing. But, but you know how it is. It's like you work so hard. I know it was a close fight. Honestly, when they called us to the middle, I was like, I don't know whose name they're going to say. I did not know if they were going to say my name or Andrew's name. But, like, my job is to go out and fight. I'm not a fucking judge. It's not my job to judge the fights. I just go out and fight, which I did. And I fought really hard. And so to have people, like, come attack me online after that, it's like, fuck you. Like, and you know how I am. I don't want to just sit there and take it. I hate reading that shit. And then... People are like, oh, take the high road. Don't say anything back. I'm like, no, nobody's going to talk to me like that. They're going to get a fuck you from me if they come talking shit directly to me, you know? <laughs> I try so hard not to get into it. But then I also love just stealing. I mean, like, because these trolls are like, Adam, these trolls are day one open micers. Yeah. They, you know, yeah. I mean, like, I'm, line, I'm 25 bro. years in. I'm dead on the inside. Yeah, you know? I know, but you can, you can never win. I, I feel like even if I... Yeah, like even on YouTube, I start going in with people, and I'm like, "What the fuck?" It's, it's not, it's not the time that I'm spending on them. It's the next half an hour or an hour, or and it's still in my fucking head. Where you're calling it's, me at fucking eight o'clock at night? Yeah, where I'm like, "This fucking guy said," and then I'm like, "That's that's I the just, problem. It's the rest of the day. If I could just deal with it, it's the rest of the day where I'm, re and then I'm not focusing on my kid." or my wife, yeah. or anything else in my life that's important. And, and you're right, you can't win with them either. So usually I'll get into it, and we'll we'll go back and forth a little bit. And then usually, like, you or somebody somebody else that's close to me will step in and give me a little intervention and be like, hey, if I can knock it off, I'll be like, all right, we'll kind of go on with our lives. But, but, but look, but, so Sam, if you don't know Lauren's story, it is the most, so she's, she, her, her, her parents died, her, her dad died when he was, she was younger, 15, she, and uh, oh, he was a, uh, he was a uh, pilot. Um, she got like fifty thousand dollar inheritance. Spent it all in two weeks, partying her ass <laughs> off. There we go. There we go. All kinds of drugs and blow. She got. She had a kid when she was like nineteen years old. Lost custody of the kid. Got hooked on heroin. All kinds of fucking crazy drugs in Alaska. Right. Then took a jujitsu class at like twenty two with her kid. I was and like 26. 26. Yeah. Got yeah. so good at. Loved it so much. Here she is, 10 years later, ranked number three in the world. I love it, man. And not on drugs anymore. <laughs> I love it. Thank you. Thanks a lot. It's Those been are awesome. My favorite. Those are my favorite, like, UF, especially, like, to get to the UFC, to make it to the UFC. Not just like, oh, yeah, I fight for LFA or I fight for King. You know, like, you made it to the UFC 
through all this bullshit. And it's like, of course you're, you're supposed to be there. Like right. me trying to be a fighter. And I grew up in church and my parents stayed together and they're, you know, I had a, this loving family and like, <laughs> I'm not making it to the fucking UFC. <laughs> Sorry. Not yeah, going to so, happen. Unless my name's Alex so like, like when you're fighting with trolls, I'm looking at the bigger picture with you. Yeah. Or, and, no, and I know. You know, you always lose the big picture when you're in the middle of it. Nobody can fucking see what's going on when you're like in the middle of it. It's always somebody on the outside or or when you're looking back from like a long time later where you're like, oh, that was dumb of me to do that. You know, <laughs> there's so much of that story that I love. Uh, one, it's never too late. Yeah. Uh, and two, I tell this to people all the time. Your life can be 180 degrees different in one year. It just all you have to do is do it, man. It's just like the difference. A lot of times, obviously, there's talent in the world, and we all come with a certain skill set. But, you know, like the difference between the haves and the have-nots is the haves just tried it and did it and didn't man. take no for an answer, you know? So much truth in that. And, like, and just like you guys have probably found out through your careers, you guys are all performers, you know? And so you guys have found out there's ups and downs and you have to have a lot of perseverance. Like anybody who gets in front of a crowd, like you guys do, or I do, or it, you know, there's going to be ups and downs in that career and just having the perseverance to kind of stick it through the low times so that you can experience the high times is so important. Cause I think, and I, I don't even know the world of comedy, but I imagine it has to be quite similar where you'll have a fairly talented comedian and maybe they just have a rough night on the mic or, or they end up, you know, in a club that the audience just isn't feeling them, and maybe they quit after that. You know, so it's not even that. It's 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 like it becomes the point where the, the the performance is the easy part. I mean, obviously, write new jokes, whatever. It's it's like, hey, I just killed. Everyone loved it. I got a standing ovation. People are like DMing me. Where can I follow you? I, I made five hundred dollars in merch, and then you go home to a, a Motel Six, and, <laughs> and, then you go, and then you go on Facebook. And you see all these comics that started 10 years after you, or they're like, just got a fucking development deal with HBO and just got my Hulu. <laughs> and then you, and then you put on TV and then you see like tonight making his tonight show debut, fucking open mic, Ali, you know, Allison. And you're just like, what the fuck? So stand up yeah. is very much like sports. It is I'm results sure, yeah. driven. And for a short time, they tried to push people that weren't getting results. And you no, know, no disrespect to Kimbo Slice. The guy did wonderful, but I mean, I think we know what the skill set was, and you know, and what Bellator did—they're great at doing that. I think they do a much better job of protecting their brands than UFC does. UFC will throw their brand right into a fire. They've done it a couple times with Brock Lesnar, and when they, you know, Conor yeah, McGregor right. comes back and fights one of the greatest fighters of all time after taking two years off. Like those are crazy things. And, but now we're getting to a place where it's like, it's results driven. Like, you know, Adam's social media, my social media, all these guys on the internet. It's like, you either get the results or you don't get the results. And if you don't, it's like, has some, you, maybe this isn't the game for you, which is a lot like sports. If you can't score, get the knockout, get the win, uh, catch the ball. It's like, you're not, you're, you're no use to anybody. Right. And maybe like maybe on a recreational level, you know, if you have a guy that just can't perform or doesn't have the physical talent or whatever it is, then maybe like on a, a recreational level, if he wants to practice with the team or something, that's one thing. But yeah, to be a high level pro, I think you do have to have um, like some some sort of skill set behind you, either like mad toughness or 
Um, you know, maybe you grew up fighting, but my husband and I talk about that a lot that like that these girls like Valentina Shevchenko and Holly Holm and Ronda Rousey, they were bred to be champions, you know, like they've literally been fighting their whole lives. They've had very supportive uh, parents and, and support systems around them. They've trained since they were very young. Those women should be champions and they should be at the top echelon of our sport. For someone like me who did not grow up playing any sports, who did not have any idea of athletics, who smoked a pack a day and drank a lot and did not get started in her career until I was 26, I should not be at the top of the sport. I had way more ground to make up than these chicks. You know what I you mean? Also didn't, but you also didn't have the burnout, though. There's also, you, didn't have the burnout. you didn't have you didn't the have burnout. Like, that's also why fighting is different than any other sport because it's like you can be a far better athlete than someone and get the shit kicked out of you. Right? <laughs> yeah, you can, yeah. <laughs> it is a, especially weird. MMA is a thinking man sport. I mean, pure athleticism, I mean, it can only get you so far. It is mental chess. The one thing I like about sports that we don't see in stand-up is like usually the great athletes or the people who are very who who are recognized as being like uh, almost like savants in the sport move in to the industry. Whereas in our stuff, like the industry is always the most failed ones of us. They couldn't make it in what we were doing. So they, so they go to the suit side because they just don't want to get a regular job at Kinko's, nothing against Kinko's, but you know, <laughs> so they go there and then you're competing with people that were just like, you know, that couldn't do anything like you did. And like, that's the one thing I wish we saw more in stand up that that the industry would bring in great comics to pick great comics to work with, you know? Yeah. yeah. That's, that's Adam, you're going to get so much shit on this show. Yeah. One, I don't shut up. This is what you're going to get. That guy never shut up and let Adam talk. And no. why do you guys talk MMA? I want to apologize right I, now. First of, I've of all, I don't, first of all, coffee listen, before we do a show every day. We do a show every day during the pandemic. I, 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 I've, I've talked enough for the, for the month. I, I like to actually hear other people's perspectives uh, because I, I actually, I'm like learning a lot. Yesterday yeah, we had Pat Miltich. I'm happy to on, sit here. Uh, Pat Miltich, I mean, you talk about, he makes you look normal, Sam, as far as conspiracies. Uh, he is convinced <laughs> that like, that this coronavirus was a way for, I mean, Tyler, he was saying that the U.S. The globalists, the globalists are trying to take over our economy, make a whole one world economy. They're going to get everybody together in one central bank. No, but he was saying that basically that like the U.S. had the the print that, that there was a, a spy at Har a Chinese spy in Harvard, and the U.S. sent the Chinese basically a transcript of the coronavirus, and then they developed it, and now they're everyone's trying to sink the economy on a global market so that they could buy back the everything for much cheaper. And the the, the sad part is that it all made sense to me. Everything he said, I was like, true. I was like, man, I. Is that true? Like, it's true because it's all 100 percent true, bro. And the globalism. And, and the reason I'm mentioning this, Sam, is because uh, I never knew that you were such so in deep into conspiracies like 10, 15 years ago. But it seems like people are really enjoying what you're saying and also uh, listening. So what's what's your take on the coronavirus? Um, you know. It is, uh, it is a billionaire boys club, uh, what, you know, magic, the gathering wet dream that they, that they, I mean, like we could sit there, I could break it down all for you. There's, there's a, there's, you know, simulations ran crimson contagion event 201 dark winter where they, 
role, role played basically this and rolled it out. And this is where we're at right now. And I just think it's failed. And, uh, you know, who knows, man? I just, you know, sometimes I think we're, I, we're out there fighting for, uh, you know, my fellow man and woman in this country. And then I look at like, you know, the wedding, the mass singers killing it. And I'm like, who am I, why am I, who am I fighting for right now? Well, coexist. No, what's okay. The, what's you, the end goal, Sam? There were a lot of things you just said. Okay. So from what I understand, cause I'm not as deep in it, but people say that Bill Gates, that, that, that he said this was going to happen. And that there was in some the kind 1994 of George magazine, which was Jake, JFK Jr.'s magazine. Right. Uh, he is in an article and he talks about how there, there, there's too many people basically in the world and that he thinks at some point there will be a virus that will come that will eliminate a large portion of the, uh, uh, the, of the humanity with a uh, lung viral infection. So here's my so here's my point to all the conspiracy. If we're really trying to go for population control, why the fuck are we using such a shitty virus? Yeah, because they I mean, didn't think it was going to be a definitely. shitty virus. Let's go. Let's get these millions. Like if we're going to go some population control, we need like 10, 15, 20 million people, not 100,000. Hey, there's a game that you can download right now I on mean, your dude, iPhone. Look at the reaction people's have. And oh, you can okay. make your own virus. You can like create one and send it out to the world and see how it affects people. You can mutate it. Uh, actually, a woman who works for the UFC introduced me to it, and it was right before Corona hit. So oh, you guys should go check it out. Yeah. Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> so now there's, there's an app you can make your own virus. Now this is what we're doing with our lives. Yeah. Welcome <laughs> to Anarchy. But, Sam, to your so there's so many different one's going on right now there's so many different there's the 5g there's the stuff going on with with uh q talking about the the kids the earthquakes being being you know military underground explosions that they're that they're saving sex like trafficked people we have i mean i there's so many right now and obviously there's always so many because there's something that's true in the midst of all of it. So where here's your, here's, here's, here's your what like warfare. So here, so me and Sam were talking about linear warfare. So about about six months ago, me and Sam, we were in a parking lot outside your comedy club, the Dojo Comedy Club, and you're like, I, I talked about being a parent and this and that, and you're like, Yo, listen, man, something's gonna go down. There's a whole huge pedophile ring in Hollywood, and 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 and, and it's and it's huge. It's conspiracy, and this one's it. And I was like, man. The fuck's he talking about? Okay, all right, I gotta go. And then next thing I know, Jeffrey Epstein gets arrested, and I was like, "Fuck, man, maybe Sam? What the hell? Like, maybe he is telling the truth. Like, you were talking about that pet. I mean, tell me what you were saying and whether or not this, <laughs> yeah, this thing called PizzaGate, right? Hey, bro, yes, that's something called PizzaGate, and they made that name so people make fun of it, right? But the reality is that, like, all these WikiLeaks emails come out. And that's 2015. Fast forward to 2019, where how many associates of the Clinton Global Initiative do you believe were arrested and if they made it to trial, put on trial? How many people? How many people associate, would you say? I would say in the dozens. How many? I mean, for Pizzagate? Five major sex, child sex trafficking. You had. Uh, Jeffrey Epstein, you had Nexium, you had John of God, you had um, 
you had El Chapo. People don't ever talk about that. That, that was charges he was brought up on. And then you had this guy named George Nader, who they were telling you was a Trump guy, but he was. So the point is, it, it's 100% true. Nobody just keeps score. You know, this is an MMA podcast. I could, I'll break it all down for you, dude. You'll be like, what the fuck? Yeah, I'll, I'll call you after. I'll but call it you after it's about blackmail. I'll okay. break it all down for you, dude. You should. Like, you well, should write up like a diagram. And like it's a real and it sucks. Well, what's the name of – why don't you plug your podcast right now so people can – they want to hear these, these conspiracies. It's called Tim Fall Hat with Sam Tripoli, and uh, we just do, you know, day-to-day. I mean, there's some crazy shit going down about how the coronavirus and Kobe Bryant's death are, are connected. There's some crazy shit with that. The boulets, nobody knows about the boulets. And it's just like, here's all I have to say, man. What's the the world of conspiracies is so much more interesting than what you're watching on the news. It's way more fun. It's way more interesting. And it gives you a little bit of more hope. Here's a crazy thing. The people who assassinated Julius Caesar are the same people that assassinated JFK. It's a small group of people, and we just put up with their shit. Like, do you know that, like, 1,200 people or, like, 2,500 people? How old are they? How is the same people? <laughs> <laughs> the people, the people, are, the people are a thousand years old. How, Julius Caesar was the, the, the same, same person? Group, the same group of people. Hold on. I you said it was the same people, man. Wow! The same group, bro. It's the same group. It's one. It's one. One. Was it, was it Dan Henderson? That guy. <laughs> They've been running shit for a couple thousand years. Yep. I mean, it look. was uh, it was Atlantis, then it was Egypt, then it was Rome. Rome never fell. They just rebranded themselves. They're like, wow. why do we have to have armies everywhere? We could just put right churches, and that's how we'll run game. <laughs> wow. All right. Well, I'm not, well, listen. All right, Lauren. So, who, who do you want to fight next? Uh, well, I, I'd like to fight Roxanne. <laughs> Tyler, that's awesome. I'd like to fight yes. Roxanne, but honestly, anybody yes. in the top five flyweight, any top five flyweight, I would fight. Here's what I, I knew Lauren was like my girl. So I'm on stage and I was like, who has implants? <laughs> and Lauren raises her hand, right? Which I, I, I like never knew. Most girls are. And then I was like, who has come on their face? And then she raised her hand. <laughs> And that is like, not how it went, Adam. <laughs> so Alaskan chicks don't give a fuck. Yeah, I was like, this is this is my kind of girl right here. She's a, she likes to beat the shit out of people locked in a cage. Yeah, yeah, she likes coming her face. That, that, I mean, what? A, and she has a great dog. I mean, what? what yeah. My husband was so happy that night that we went to your show. <laughs> He's like, I'm getting all these kinds of questions answered. That I have you know what's very interesting about MMA fighters and comics is like, you know, there's, there'll be these guys that, and, and ladies in, in the octagon that are just so violent. You're like, damn, that's violence. And then you meet them. They're the nicest people. Right. And the same thing with comedy. Some of the darkest guys on stage are the nicest people on. They get their rage out on the stage. Yeah. So I always say it's like not all. Not all uh, clean comics are assholes, but most asshole comics were clean. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, they're the guys yeah. making, like, business decisions. But same thing in fighting. Like, the most vicious dude, you're, you meet him in person, like, they're the nicest people. Uh, I, I 100% agree. Bill Cosby. Bill Cosby. I mean, there's a bunch of comics. Bill Cosby. There's a comic right now who uh, is known as, like, the family Christian comic, and he could not be more of a dickhead. Like, just, really? Who? 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 Whatever. Ooh. 
Uh, I've learned the nicer they are in the, in Hollywood, the bigger the scumbag they are. About. Uh, yeah, pretty much. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of people, there's a lot of out there that like, you're just like, like oh, Ellen's you know, a cunt. Who? I've heard, I've heard Ellen? A, a dick. I've heard she's, she's a cunt. She treats her staff like no shit. No way, really? Oh, oh like I've, heard, I've heard horror stories about Ellen. Yeah. I mean, oh, awful. no. From people that worked on her show that aren't allowed to Dude, talk she about hasn't it. talked to her staff about what's going on in over a month. Like, how selfish are you? Yeah, that's crazy. That's yeah. crazy. That, that makes me sad. Goes, <laughs> that's just your name, so that should tell you something. But then, like, Jim Norton is the nicest guy in the world. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, cool. I mean, if you like to get you peed on by trannies, what do you got to hide? Last fight week, uh, at the, when we fought here in Houston, John Jones was on the card. And from the time we did, like, media day until the fight, for some reason, he and I just kept crossing paths. Like, uh, we would be in a room full of people, and he and my husband are the same height. So they would look across, like, the room above everybody's heads and kind of catch eyes and nod at each other. And then he rode the bus with us to weigh-ins, and that was super cool. He was so nice. It was almost like he was so talkative and kind and just, like, he listened to what people were saying to him. Um, he was kind of silly. And and to be, like, the world champion and be so famous, he was just such a nice dude. And yeah. then, um, yeah, we did the fight. We were in his locker room with him. Even while he was warming up, he was super polite, didn't seem nervous before he went to fight at all. And then the next week, all this shit goes down with him getting in trouble in Albuquerque. And it's like, man, John Jones truly was a super kind human being when we were hanging out with him. He's a hell of an athlete. Like, there's all these good things about this guy. And all the media talks about really is. I think he maybe, I mean, maybe, I think maybe he might be bipolar. Cause I, cause, cause yeah. I, he's also a, like a fighter, man. I mean, like. I mean, he's also but, a human yeah, I mean, being. He's he's dude. dude. He's, he's one of my favorite jokes. Famous he is, and he's so young. He's so young and so powerful, and he has so much, like. He's the greatest sorry, fighter ever. I would lose it if I were his age. When I, when I was his age, I was a psycho. If I were also rich and famous when I were that age, oh, yeah. I would have been in remember, a lot more trouble, I'm sure. Remember when Justin Bieber was a kid and everyone's lighting <laughs> him up? I'm like, dude, yeah. the guy's 15, a billionaire, and he's got, like, adults begging him to get pregnant. I mean, yeah. like, what else is what he going to do? Like, the shit I did when I was a kid, I would be, it's, it's crazy. Yeah, but he hasn't been, jokes, I didn't do shit yeah, like that. One of my favorite jokes you ever did was when uh, you talked about how John Jones's mom had. Three oh yeah, kids. I don't know how Nike doesn't sponsor that woman. Just have her cranking <laughs> out pro athletes. For <laughs> real though, <laughs> like, dude, every one of her kids is a champion. Yeah. Both of yeah. her sons won uh, Super Bowls. Yeah. Man, that's crazy. Yeah. thing, dude. I love Dana White and I love the UFC, man. What they've done is amazing. There's a couple things, this is Sam speaking, that I just think make me nervous. I do feel like the Reebok deal is going to hurt this sport in a while because the way the sport grows with better athletes is by them making as much money as possible. It's so almost, I, I, think I, over, I think it's almost it's done. It's over. Yeah, I think it ends this year, right, Adam? Yeah. And yeah. then the UFC and ESPN makes me very nervous too because – these guys are, dude, you fighters, man, you guys are a different breed and you guys are savages and, you know, and it's just like they expect them to play by gentlemen rules all the time in their lives. I mean, 
You no, guys are almost like the old country music singers. Yeah, but as far as like John Jones, I don't think hitting somebody hitting a woman and fleeing the scene of an accident is. I don't think that's right, dude. And I'm not saying that, man. And you know. There, but for the grace of God, go I. I've done some fucking dumb shit in my life, yeah, and I'm too. lucky that I, that didn't happen to me yeah. uh, because I'm not a world champion. I'd probably be in jail, man, you know. But I also, you know, I just wish – it's very hard to be a heel in MMA because you, I just don't think – like Floyd Mayweather made a lot of money perfectly. because he could get so much of the pay-per-view so people would tune in to see him get knocked out. I don't know yeah, if that's possible. There's been so many good heels in MMA. Chael Sonnen was Chael. a great heel. Uh, Ronda Rousey was a great heel. Um, Conor McGregor was a great heel when he was talking shit about it. I love a good heel in MMA you because MMA funny, is one of the few sports where you can really talk shit and get into it. And, man, people that are good at it and can fight, they're going to make so much money, and they bring so many eyes to the sport. But I think Chael Sonnen was probably the best heel. Remember I wish John Jones would Jonesy just go – like when Batman goes dark, you know how they have that series where it's a bizarro world where Batman's no longer a good guy, but he's yeah. like a, a, a scumbag vigilante. Like I wish John Jones would be like that. Yeah. Fuck it. The Lord yeah, help him. Yeah, you know? Did you almost fight Dan Cook one night? Oh, yeah. I almost, you know, I mean, I, my opinion, oh, your daughter's gorgeous, buddy. So beautiful. Oh, and uh, that's a girl, right? That's not yeah, one of these yeah, new yeah, trans yeah. kids? No, okay. Um, how do, by the way, how do your kids like the toys they gave you? Wonderful, dude. They haven't played with them yet, but I've shook them in front of them. And when they get to that point, they're going to crush it. But I wish John Jones would just go heel, be like, yeah, dog. Like strippers and yeah, punching think, people and shooting like, guns. I feel like uh, there may be something to the hiding it all the time. That like, because I don't think I don't even think he's hiding it really. I, it's like he is both of those people. Like we're all we're all a lot of different people in different situations. So yeah. like he's nice to Lauren and he's in the locker room and just chill. Blah, blah, blah. That is because later that night he's gonna go get fucked up and bang some stripper and like become that other person. So. You take that away, or you take one of the sides away, and it's like, what does he become? Yeah. If you I take think you should lean the, into I'm it, not, dude. I think I'm just it's lean hard, into it. It's hard to be a good heel because, uh, man, it's hard to be a good heel because, like, you have to be funny. You have to be super on point. You do kind of have to keep your own nose clean a little bit. And uh, and then the other part of that is that you, you do have to win a good portion of the time. You have right. to be real talented. And so John's got that part covered. I think he can beat anybody in the world on, you know, obviously any given day. He's the best. He's the GOAT. Yeah. But um, it, it is hard to be a successful heel in MMA. To get the people on your side while you're being a bad person is pretty it, – it takes a lot of talent. That's why there's been so few, you know. But the it ones that hard, do it well man. make a lot of money, and they really do put a lot of eyes on our sport. And then they can do that on camera and be whoever they want in the locker rooms and on the buses on the way to weigh-ins and everything exactly. else. And people that know them love them, and then the public might hate them, but it doesn't matter, you know? I think you should be like a Mike Tyson in that. You know, it's like, yeah, I'm the champ, dude, and I bang everything that moves, and I, I'll, I'll fight with syphilis. I don't care. Whatever yeah, it takes, man. Reporter, yeah. You know? Well, and just, oh, like, in stand-up, dude, I'm very honest with my flaws. Because 
I don't want people to be like, oh, oh, you're really. I'm like, dude, I own everything. I you're like, I, I live with me. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I, so I'm really honest with my no. flaws that I don't have to hide weird shit. Like I'm a weirdo, dude. I'm a real weirdo, dude. But that's who I am, and that's why I'm. I like. There's no. I've met three people in my life that are normal comedians. Okay, Fortune Finster, Maz Jabrani, and Dwayne Perkins. They're the only normal people that are funny. Everybody else is crazy. I don't mean in a bad way, like bad people. They're just a little crazy, man. And that's what makes funny. Ask your next door neighbor to tell you a joke. They'll shit the bed, right? Because they're, they're not. They, you have to be a little off to get. Well, I think I think everybody everybody has that. Just most people know how to either block it or or don't know how to flip it to make it. It's so it's just uh, just I'm sad rather than well. Well, well John Jones did that. I mean, John did say he kind of did that because they were like, remember when Cormier was like, "Man, you were raw dog and prostitutes tonight, uh, a week of," and he was like, "Yeah, it was the best week of my life." Yeah, so, <laughs> exactly. It's perfect. That's the only way you can respond. Right now, too, like people give him shit on Twitter, and he's like, "Whatever, still winning." So yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, he doesn't really give a shit. And like, that's the thing. Before he wasn't like that. Like, yeah. he's, yeah. he's, he's like, I'm a good Christian. He's, like, he's, because, he's starting to like let himself he, embrace it a little bit, and maybe embrace his role as a. No, no, no Sam, before, Sam. Before we leave, when you say I'm a weird dude, weird, weird. <laughs> Like, I knew this, that was going to happen. I knew Adam wasn't going to sit well with that. Because like, I'm like, uh, should I just include Adam just so he doesn't get his feelings hurt? No, no, Adam, no, no, not me being weird. I'm saying you. You saying I'm a weird, weird guy. I just am a weirdo, brother. I shine in the darkness. Like, for what? What do you do that's so weird? Don't worry about it. <laughs> Don't worry about it, dude. Weird, like, wait till weird. wait till the special comes out. I'm a weirdo. The best part is like I'm a dad too now. So yeah, I'm like I'm, I'm kind of worried about it actually. I, <laughs> why? Why are you worried, dude? I'm not, I you do you, a, boo. There's so I'm many a grown things. ass man handling my shit, pay my bills. He's handling it. It's just a little weird. That's all. Hey, but, dude, I, I'm a weirdo. I'm weird, not normal. Weird, I like weird shit, and I I enjoy it, man. But is like, 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 about like transgender porn or like is that? Hey man, I've gone down some weird roads. If, if you think that's weird, yeah, I mean, see, Adam it. thinks it's weird. Adam's <laughs> making this that's weird. Everybody weird. else that's is like, like, yeah, dude, that. Wow, that chick's got a big dick. Like How'd we get here? You know, that's yeah. life. I'm not saying. Do, I'm asking you. You that. think that's weird? What? Don't what? ever hang out with Marines, bro. Yeah, you're the transgender porn, Tyler. Oh, dude, we, we're fucking dirty. Dude, I broke Pornhub. I'm like, I saw other... every porno on Pornhub at, at one point. I was like, yep, seen it all. What can you do, dude? What it is what it end? is. Man. Our like a, reward get... for being good one day, our reward for being good when we were just little baby boots, like in fucking learning how to kill people, was we all got to gather around like kindergartners with our teachers sitting up there with a laptop holding porn in front of us. Like, well, we're just letting us all watch porn together because this is, what, this, is what the Marines, this is what the Marines are doing right now. You're jerking off. What did you guys do? Just watch. We're jerking off. We're literally like a classroom, like sitting, you know, crisscross applesauce, hands on your knees, like smiles on our face. All right, we're gonna watch ten minutes of porn because you guys are good. Yeah, I mean, like, dude, there's some person out there that knows every form of tree frog out there, and they're seen as an expert. And I could tell you about the fucking chronological history of pornography, and I'm a loser. You know, it's like doesn't make any sense. I'm not. I, I'm not saying you're a loser. I'm saying you go. I'm a weird, weird, weird guy. I am I'm a weird guy, dude. Have you seen my bit. act? Have you seen levels of weird? 
There's like nothing that you, you think. I, but I've known you. You don't see. You don't see that weird. You know, I mean, you you definitely. Well, Adam, like, I'm not inviting kind of shape- you to the weirdness. That's you're kind why of shape- you're kind of a shapeshifter. Uh, yeah, you know, I am. I'm a I'm a lizard person. Like one minute you'll be like 250, and then you'll be 160 the week after, Are and you then like you're definitely. Person? Yeah. Yeah, dude, I fluctuate, bro. Yeah, I'm a fluctuator. All right. I have gained probably 20 pounds during this quarantine. Yeah. yeah. Let's go. Good job. Good job, Tyler. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Tyler. All right. So, so listen, people, uh, that was our podcast. Lauren, Let me just uh, stop by saying I don't care that I didn't shut up. I, I'm sorry I over-talked Adam. I don't, I'm sorry cares. we didn't talk as much MMA as we you guys normally do. Adam just wanted to hear about me on the road eating butts. Like, hey, it was a little weird, right? It was a little weird, yeah. No, we always get off MMA somehow. It's all good. Oh, it's all good. We got Lauren is here. Lauren, you look very high. How much did you smoke today? Uh, well, I sparred this morning, so I had to have a little bit before that. And then I went to the doctor. So, no, I'm just kidding. No, I haven't smoked yet today, but as soon as we're done on this podcast, I'm going to step do you, up. Do you actually smoke before, before start, uh, sparring? No, I was joking. No. Uh, no. Really? <laughs> I would never. Okay, I do sometimes, but not today. Um, hey, <laughs> how's how's the uh, Black Beast doing? I'm sorry, what? How's uh, Derek Lewis doing? He's good. He's doing good, man. Yeah, he's uh, funny as ever. He's uh, he's I don't great. know. I've seen on. I haven't seen him in a while in the gym just because they've been closed. But I've seen him on Instagram. Like he's living the life, man. I think he just bought another car. He's out there in his dune buggy. Like he's having the time of his life. And Tyler, what were you saying? You, you uh, smoke before sparring? I was saying how awesome is smoking before sparring, or like maybe roll, maybe not full. Like if you're going full hard MMA. Yeah, no, we did like, MMA rounds this morning, so we took it kind of easy. But but like before you get or like light technique uh, smoking before sparring is yep. right. It's like you yeah, if you're just gonna go in for open mat and roll around and have you know have a good time, try some new stuff out, try new positions. Like yeah, it's super super fun to get high before you go in and then sometimes you make new connections or things might slow down for you like yeah. i can't you even remember when they were trying to say that uh you know john jones using cocaine was performance enhancing 100 do you know how stupid that was like you would literally have to do scoops in the middle of the rounds while you're going to fight i don't know man the only thing cocaine ever did for me was that i was like trying to get high with some asshole that would not stop talking about weird shit usually couldn't leave my apartment i was not in shape i don't know how people do stuff like that and fight to me that's crazy that that was like the thing back in the day dude wait you knew i was was that were just doing (laughs) i did in the middle of that i was like i'm describing sam right now there you go man that's dude (laughs) I've been kicked out of hotel rooms I was paying for because I was the weirdo. Well, that's hysterical. <laughs> that is so funny, man. Well, listen, Dan, when is the special coming out? I I don't have a special coming out. I got to shoot one. I might, My last one, dude, I put it on my conspiracy channel, and I think it got shadow banned, or either I'm the worst comic ever, one or the other. Um, <laughs> You know, so it's uh, if you go to samtriply.com, okay, it's called uh, – uh, it's like live from the Viper Room, and it's two specials. One is uh, Zero Fucks, and the other one is Armageddon. And you can watch them both for free at samtriplee.com. You're hilarious. And Tyler, where can people find you? Smithero BJJ on Instagram, S-M-I-T-H-E-R-O BJJ. And Lauren? I'm at Lauren Murphy MMA. Uh, yeah, come find me. Come follow me. Hit me up. We'll yeah. chat. 
How do I get a shirt? Are you selling shirts on your website? I don't have any shirts right now. I was just talking to somebody about getting some made, though. I haven't had any shirts made in so long, but uh, I need to get some made so that I can start peddling them. Yeah, no, you, you look you look very happy. You look great, by the way. Thank you. I love Texas. Ever since we moved to Texas, I've been happy as shit. Where do you so. live in Texas? Houston, just outside Houston. I want to move to Houston so bad, but it floods all the time. That's my only problem. It's worth it, brother. It's a small price to pay to live in paradise. Houston is fucking awesome. I love Texas, man. I love man, it. Man, the weather's been beautiful since we arrived. Like, I, I just love it here. The weather's great. The food is good. People are really nice. Lots of good training. Well, yeah. if I decide to abandon my daughters because I haven't chosen if I'm going to stick <laughs> around or not, uh, you know, maybe I'll move to Houston. Bring them with you. Bring all of them. Bring the. Bring I would the love. Kids. I would never leave my babies. Bring the babies. Lauren, Lauren, any more kids away for you? She froze. Lauren, or she, or she uh, hung up on you because you asked an inappropriate question. She wants to have more kids. Really? Is that inappropriate? Too personal. Uh, of course. All right. Well, we well we're gonna find out next time if okay. Lauren wants to have more kids because she's frozen right now. Sam, thank you. Uh, thank you. Tyler, thank you. Lauren, thank you. Take care, guys. Bye, bud. Thank you for having me on, dude. Hey. Hey.